kind of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. I got out in 1989. We had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations, fellow Skywatchers from all corners of the globe, no matter where you're listening in from tonight. Welcome to Skywatchers Radio. As always, we're broadcasting live on the Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio, right out of the New Logic Entertainment Studios in Miami, Florida. I am one half of the dynamic duo. Wait, that's going to change, because now it's a trio. That's right, I'm one-third of a trio that brings you this show on a weekly basis right here on this these two networks. With me right now is the new member of Skywatchers Radio and the other member, Alan, who's running a little bit late. Remember last week I talked to you guys uh, briefly about a, an incident with the TSA? We might find out what happened last week, so we might have an update on that. But he's, a, he's running a little bit late, he's going to be with us in a few minutes, but before he gets on the air with us... Welcome to Skywatchers Radio, our newest member, Eugene. And he's got the radio on the background. Why do you have the radio on the background, Eugene? <laughs> uh, I was signing into the PSN oh! chat room. I'm sorry about that. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Roy! Ay, ay, ay. Welcome to Skywatchers Radio, Eugene. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having yeah, me. on. So uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know, this is uh, your first time on the show, and uh, you're going to be joining us on a weekly basis to kind of uh, learn the process of how to be a, a radio DJ and how to do these amazing shows that we do on a weekly basis here on Dark Matter Radio Network. And since this is your very first show, the audience, of course, doesn't know who you are, except if you've been tweeting back and forth with Jimmy Church, myself, Nancy Burns, and anybody else associated with Dark Matter, uh, then you might know who Eugene is. But for the audience listening in, and there's a lot of people listening in right now, no pressure, a lot of people, Eugene, are listening to everything you're saying right now. No pressure. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, I... Grew up in upstate New York. I went to college in upstate New York also at Union College. I majored in uh, <clears throat> the uh, fine arts there. Then I moved to Boston for about 10 years, then moved down to South Florida. And uh, I became interested in this field probably about five years ago when uh, I. I was searching around and caught Bill Burns on the uh, UFO hunters, and that's really when my interest in all of this took off. So ever since then, I've been reading up and watching as many YouTube documentaries and. Doctor Who. Well, 
<laughs> documentaries and uh, ah, see, many- this is going to be good for me because now I'm not going to be the only one picturing no. words. Yeah, no, I'm, as I as I probably hear, I'm a little nervous right now. So it's but, it's all good, man. Look, we you know I had my first experience on radio five years ago, so I still remember that very first time I was on air, and and not for nothing, I sounded like if I had Down syndrome the first time <laughs> I was on air. <laughs> I was like, uh, this is a show and, uh, welcome, uh, uh. but you're not that, you're not doing that. So we're good so far. No, but you know, so Bill Burns, uh, who's a good friend, of course, uh, I do future theater with him shout outs to Bill and Nancy. Um, so Bill Burns, it was, it inspired you to become uh, interested in ufology, huh? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I just, uh, when I saw him and I forget the two other people he did UFO hunters, UFO hunters with, he just, he, I don't know what it was about that show compared to the rest of the ones like Unsealed Alien Files and all the ones that are currently on that just, I don't know, it grabbed my attention and made me want to learn so much more. And like you said, you're doing future theater and I listen to it every week. Just hearing all the stories about that show and how how different it was it, I, I don't know what it was about it but it just made my interest go through the roof on this subject so and ever since then I've gone as far down the rabbit hole as I possibly could without getting into too much trouble very cool and what uh, made you want to become a radio broadcaster or online radio broadcaster or amateur broadcaster podcaster whatever you want to call it Honestly, uh, I not to uh, not to kiss off too much to you, but you had somewhat of a big part in it as long as so much Jimmy did as well, Jimmy Church. That is, I uh, I got into the podcast world about a year ago, listening to all these different shows, and I didn't really know that they were out there. Like I said, I was I was mainly just watching YouTube documentaries and. I, there wasn't really much out, out there until I found the podcast. And then when I started listening to Skywatchers and Future Theater and Fade to Black and all of those, it just it really uh, made me want to not just listen anymore, but be, become a part of it and see, see how much I could actually contribute to this field as well. And how old are you, by the way, uh, Eugene? 33. 33, so you're a young, you're a young dude. You know, the guy who we're going to have on uh, the show in a little bit to, later on tonight, uh, his name is Steve Fermani. Uh, really cool dude. I don't know if you've done your homework on him. Uh, he was uh, New England, I believe, or New Hampshire's yeah. uh, MUFON, uh, head MUFON director for a long time. And um, this guy has done incredible work in ufology. And he's, you know, he's one of these guys that really has gone under the radar. But he's been doing this for about 35 years. Yeah, I, I did. I did. I listened to as much as I could. Uh, there's not really much interview-wise out there mm-hmm. on him. But I, I, like I said, I lived in Boston for about ten years, so I have I have some questions about what he's actually seen up there, what cases have actually been up there that I haven't heard about, or mainly I want to know more about the Bridgewater Triangle if if he knows any of that at all, which I'm assuming he does, but. Probably does. Uh, he's also the founder and director of the World Association for Truth in Ufology, W-A-I-T-U, 
for short, if you want to abbreviate it. And uh, they're dedicated to exposing the fringe elements within ufology for what they are and the damage done by the organizations and individuals to the world's image of UFOs, serious ufologists, and ufology in general by educating the public through lectures and conferences in corporation, cooperation with our affiliate New England UFO Conference, Inc., and uh, really cool uh, stuff that they do over there at the World Association for Truth in Ufology, which I think, and I think you would agree with me, uh, we need more truth in ufology. Yeah, I mean, we need we need much more truth in ufology. I mean, it's uh, it's very muddy out there right now, to put it, I guess, nicely. Indeed. Now we're you know you and I have a, a bit of a shaky history. As much as your voice. <laughs> you know, we disagreed on uh, Twitter publicly, and a lot of people uh, got nervous. They thought, uh, you know, bombs were going to go off and somebody was going to get shot. Maybe a drive-by was going to happen. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is your chance now to, you know, rebuttal anything that I've ever said that you've had any issues with, because I know you feel strongly about some things that we've talked about on the show here before. I don't know how much we wanted to go into. I mean, I don't know if we want to keep some of the Heiser stuff for him coming on in in two weeks from now. I'm assuming when he's coming on. But I, from what you and I disagreed on, it, it seems for the most part, ninety nine percent of it was more of a misunderstanding on where you stood and I stood on the. Uh, why am I drawing a blank right now on the? The pedophilia case. Uh, oh, the uh, Stan Romanek? Yes, Stan Romanek. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it's, so I I haven't really put it out there, but, you know, that that type of case hits close to home with me. And I, I took issue with the fact that just openly blaming somebody close to him or pointing the finger close to people around Stan, you know, without really having any sort of information or, you know, any police reports or anything to back it up right away. So it was never that I was really defending Stan as so much the people around him just saying not to jump on them right away. But as far as the other stuff, I mean, the the ancient alien stuff, it was just... You know, it's more of a just a smaller disagreement, which I've come around more to your and Heiser's side lately. <laughs> Let me guess, you started watching Ancient Aliens Debunked and uh, uh, a few other videos yes. on the subject. You know, the, the one that really gets me is the uh, Tolima fighter jets, uh, the the fighter fish, or the flying fish. Uh, that, you know, is hysterical when you watch the, uh, the Ancient Aliens, uh, the original video, and you see how they uh, make them out to be Aircrafts. Is that is I'm sorry. Is that the one with Sukalos and his gold little pen? Is that, that what is, he gives out? Well, yeah, he Sukalos is in, in that episode, correct? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, uh, I, they, it's funny because they blow up. Uh, somebody makes a model of uh, of uh, the Tlima ship or whatever fish, and they make it into like a huge model where they actually fly the thing. And and then you see Georgia Tukalus is like, all they did was blow it up, and there it's flying. Well, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> Georgia, you forget the fact that they changed the uh, the angles of the wind over the wings, uh, the little things on the very front of uh, the fins uh, of the actual little model. They took that out of there. Oh, they added propellers and an engine. You know, they changed and modified the original dynamics of what it looked like. Uh, then they just blew it up, and now it's flying. Uh, but it's funny to see him like say that, and then nobody calls him out on that until Ancient Aliens Debunked came out. And yeah. these guys called him out. And that's why I love uh, the fact that we're going to have Michael Heiser here on Skywatchers Radio in a couple of weeks. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'd love to get actually Chris White, the guy who uh, did the uh, video, Ancient Aliens Debunked, and uh, who put that together with him and narrated the thing. Uh, I'd like to get him on eventually also. He's a really, really funny guy. And. Uh, really uh, interesting fellow also. So it wasn't just Heiser who did the entire thing himself. I didn't know White had White someone who produced it? or Yeah, they, well, Christopher White, I believe that's his name. I'm pretty sure that is. Uh, he's uh, the person who narrates the thing. He put, he put it together, and he used uh, Michael Heiser's uh, lectures. And, uh, you know, and, of course, he was part of the video and stuff. And uh, you hear him going over some of the details in the uh, documentary along with Christopher White. Yeah. I'm not saying it's aliens, but but it's aliens. It's aliens. <laughs> yeah, correct. Uh, but anyway, uh, we have a couple uh, news stories that we're going to get to, and uh, we are going to be joined eventually uh, by the other co-host, Mr. Alan Weiler, pretty soon, I assume anyway. And uh, you know, we'll find out what the TSA did to him. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't hear anything about this story. I'm interested to hear what what happened to him. Oh, I, I'm dying to hear what happened to him. He hasn't told me yet. He's been kind of secretive about the whole thing. I can imagine why. So was he detained, or was he... I mean, was this on his flight out, or it's coming back, or... I don't know. We're going to find out if he ever gets on the show here. He'll, I'm sure, tell us and enlighten us to what happened to him. Uh, but check this out. Let's go over a couple of news stories that, that I have uh, piled up here. Uh, this is coming right out of ArtBell.com, so shout-outs to uh, ArtBell and ArtBell.com. Of course, Keith Rowland, who is the webmaster for Art Bell and puts all this stuff on there. Shout-outs to Keith. Uh, but check this out. I don't know if you saw this uh, yet, uh, Eugene. Uh, it says, uh, Fisherman claims to have caught an alien. Did you see this video on ArtBell.com? No, I haven't. I, I don't believe I have, unless it, I've, the title is different on the video I watched. I'm... Well, everybody who's listening right now, go to ArtBell.com when this show's over. Not right now. Not now. Later, later. When the show's over, go over there and check the video out. It's really creepy. Is uh, and it says here, look, one astonished uh, fisherman plucked a bizarre-looking creature out of the waters, and is now convinced that he caught an alien. Ah, uh, the abdo- This is the uh, the abnormal animal, which almost looks like a mutated octopus, and it kind of does, is seen uh, wriggling or wiggling its uh, mass amount of the arms and it's incredible video taken shortly after it was caught and it's like wiggling around it, it doesn't look like an octopus though it really kind of does but uh fisherman ang han boon so yeah that's what i'm gonna name my kid one day <laughs> i see it now i see the video now it looks it looks like coral almost a live coral kind of does yeah. so ang han Ang Han Boon, who's 54, said he had gone to his favorite fishing spot on the island on Sentosa's in the southern Singapore when he captured an eerie sight. Speaking on local radio stations, he said, and I spotted the line going up and down, and then they put the lime in the coconut. No, wait, hold on, that's not it. And he says he, uh, and he, he had a feeling that it bit 
or peckish. Wait, well, let me reread that. <clears throat> I spotted the line going up and down and feeling a bit peckish. I got quite excited as I hauled it in. But when I pulled it out of the water, it was completely flummoxed. I don't even know what that word means. Uh, I was completely flummoxed. I guess uh, maybe that means taken back. I don't know. But what I was looking at, he said, I've been, I've had a quite a few odd things come out of the ocean, but I've never seen anything like this before in my life. It had all the arms waving around. I wonder if there was music playing. Maybe it was dancing. <laughs> it does. I mean, you saw Guardians of Galaxy. It kind of looks like a, a whole bunch Groot. of little dancing groups. Yeah, no kidding. Mr. Boone uh, has now posted his extraordinary footage online. And, of course, has, uh, it's made its way over to artbell.com. So check that out over on the big guy's website, artbell.com. And uh, let's see, uh, next story I got set up here. And uh, by the way, I'm being asked, uh, where's Alejandro? Alejandro will be with us next week. He's going to be on every other week, by the way. I should have mentioned that. Uh, he's going to be on every other week on the show, uh, giving us the open mind news. So he will be on next week on the show, everybody. So if you're here to listen to Alejandro, I'm sorry. I know he's he's great, isn't he? Uh, I I love Alejandro. He's a, he's the How best. How much you love him? He's awesome, right? Yes, he's he's great. His news stories are top notch, and his his website uh -huh. is probably one of the best out there. I agree. You're moving around a lot, man. That's not good for radio. Let me tell you. Sorry about that. Yeah, we we got to train you a little bit better on how not to move around when you're on radio. Anyway, uh, check this out, and let's go into some uh, Pentagon news. Uh, this is actually pretty cool. The Pentagon secret space drone is finally coming home, and uh, this was just posted actually yesterday on ArtBell.com uh, yeah, also, by the way. It says, after a spy mission nearly two years long, America's robotic space plane is coming back to Earth. The U.S. Air Force mysterious X-37B robotic space plane is expected to return to Earth on, on Tuesday after nearly two years in space, so I guess it just today came back. But while it's no secret that the Air Force has spent uh, an un, uh, unmanned or has sent an unmanned spacecraft into orbit at least three times, the service uh, refuses to say what the machine has been doing up there. Hmm. What do you think it's been doing up there? I think it's been spying on the Kardashians. Uh. <laughs> That's what I think it's been doing up there. While most of the Air Force and industry officials refuse to talk about the program at all, sources familiar with the program indicates that the Daily Beast, or to the Daily Beast, that the X-37B is designed to carry experimental payloads of sensors to spy on the Kardashians. Like various high-tech cameras to spy on the Kardashians, and various types of electronic sensors... They keep spying on the Kardashians. They, oh, no, no. They keep uh, ground-mapping radars. That's what they do. The idea is that the X-37B carries specialized sensors and packages that can be reconfigured as needed for each mission. Uh, when the aircraft returns to Earth, the ability to reconfigure the robotic spacecraft makes the X-37B cheaper and more flexible than a satellite. Huh. Interesting. Which, uh... It says here, which goes up once one of the packages of the sensors and eventually discarded. Uh, satellites can be often cost, they actually can cost billions of dollars. I didn't know that. Did you know that satellites can cost billions of dollars as you're playing with your microphone there? No? I, 
I, I did not know that they cost <laughs> billions of dollars, hundreds of millions, yes, not billions of dollars, which makes me think it's not a satellite. or I think it's more of a space weapon. Right. Further, the X-37B uh, can maneuver more freely once it's in space. Unlike a satellite which is uh, placed into orbit with a finite amount of fuel, the X-37B can be topped with more fuel for its thrusters than when it returns uh, to Earth. It can even change orbits. That's cool. The ability uh, gives the spacecraft more flexibility than traditional satellites. So that's cool. And I'm telling you, they're up there spying on the Kardashians. That's all they're doing. <laughs> billion dollars to spy on the Kardashians. Why not? Got a better idea to, to you know, better way to spend money? No, I, no, I guess you're right. I mean, she's, you know, Kim Kardashian's pretty hot, man. Uh, anyway, check this out. This is uh, reported out of OpenMinds.tv, and uh, shout-outs to them, of course, OpenMinds.tv. And uh, Alejandro will be back here next week, guys. Calm down. Uh, disc UFO reported three feet from airliner landing in L.A. A passenger flying from Chicago to Los Angeles, L.A., reported uh, wa- uh, watching a disc-shaped object that moved close to the plane, according to testimony in case 60579. So you know this must be true. They're giving you the case number and everything. From the Mutual UFO Network MUFON, uh, witnesses reporting uh, reporting database, as we all know, the plane was descending into Los Angeles about 5.30 p.m. on the 7th of this month when the object first was seen. And I'm going to quote here, says, I was, it was, or I was in the back of the plane looking out the window, the witness said. As uh, it descended, we uh, passed a silver sphere. The witnesses described the object's uh, location very close to the plane, and they said it was about three feet past the wing, about three feet below the wing, and it was about 5.30 p.m., and they had a couple of drinks, and uh, it was daylight, and then the object reflected in the sunlight, and then somebody hit the moonshine. And my question is, how do these people inside the plane uh, know that it's exactly three feet from the wing? It's kind of hard to tell the distance of that Yeah, I, distance. I would... You know, I don't know. Did they say anything about it being a drone or having any characteristics of the drone-like qualities? That's a good question, but uh, no. But it goes on to say here it was about four feet ar- four feet round or around. It says uh, I got a good look at, at it because I saw it coming and watched it as it passed, and definitely uh, it's not a balloon. It was round, but it's not a balloon. Okay, it was round, had a little string attached to the bottom of it, but <laughs> damn it, it was not a balloon. It said happy birthday on the side. It said Kimmy happy birthday, but it was not a birthday balloon, okay? It was an alien spacecraft from Alpha Centauri. That's what it was. Not a balloon. And uh, it says, yeah, I was pretty scared uh, after I saw this uh, because it was so close to the wing. If we had hit it, it would have crashed. Eh, no kidding. Uh, California and uh, MUFON is investigating the case. California has a current UFO alert rate, and it's number five. And, uh, number five is alive. Anyway, with a low number of uh, recent reports nationally, the California had about 66 UFO reports in 2014. That's it, only 66? Not a whole lot. Yeah, it doesn't uh, seem like a lot. No, that would be more. Calculated uh, at a 1.73 sightings per million population. The above quotes were edited for clarity. And this is here. And uh, please report UFO activity to MUFON.com. Please do that. 
The UFO alert rating system is based on five levels. One through five means one, eh, not too bad. Two, pretty bad. Three, uh-oh. Four, oh, snap. And five, get out of Dodge, man. You're in trouble. Uh, where it states that, uh, yeah, pretty much uh, five, it's, uh, you know, say goodbye to, uh, to your town. They're here. California's at five. What does that tell you? That's not good. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear what Alejandro has to say about this, and I'd like to know if there's anything that showed up on the radar from the flight tower as well. Well, it was pretty close to the landing uh, area in Los Angeles, so I'm pretty sure they picked it up on radar. If uh, it is allowed to pick up to be picked up on radar, you know, it's a spacecraft from another planet. Maybe they have <laughs> uh, anti-radar detection or something. Yeah, really high like, tech. Kind of reminds me of the case in the Chicago airport where everybody saw it, but everybody was told to either keep quiet or not to report it on an official level. Now, screw that, man. Look, if you see a UFO, report that thing, all right? Report it, and uh, if you got pictures, that's even better. Uh, check out another report here, and this is uh, from yesterday. Also, men report UFO sightings in um, Misham. Yeah, do you know where that? You know where Misham is? I have is no at? idea where that is. Well, it says here, a man in Misham has reported a UFO sighting, and the resident submitted the report after he apparently saw lights moving around the sky in a statement uh, sent to, uh, again, MUFON, the mutual UFO network in the UK. That's where Misham is at, in the UK. The resident who wished uh, to remain anonymous anonymous, uh, said, I went into my back garden to smoke a cigar. (laughs) It starts off good already. I wonder what's inside the cigar. As usual, I sat by my garden table, and I looked up to the stars, man, and it was groovy. So groovy. It was very clear night, he said. I could see no visible clouds at all, only stars. Then I noticed a light moving across the sky. The light did not sparkle or glisten at all, and seemed slightly larger than a normal satellite, because, you know, the sky tracks satellites, apparently, as seen by the naked eye. Not by much, just slightly. After a few seconds of watching the light, it stopped perfectly still in the sky. That's when the, uh, the good started kicking in, you know. Almost uh, blending in with the rest of the stars. It became trippy, he said. Maybe 15 seconds or so later, the light... Well, it became very slow and began to split out into three separate lights. This guy had good stuff in that cigar, man. Yeah. All of the same size and uh, brightness uh, in all kind of different colors, man. This was good stuff. They seemed... Uh, they seemed different to any other stars in the sky, a little bigger and slightly brighter. Then suddenly all three lights began to move again. Each light traveled in different directions. The original light headed north, one south, one east, one southwest, and one to Florida. Uh, let's see here. They were fast. He said they eventually lost sight of them behind the nearby trees and houses. Now, uh, <clears throat> you know, of course, we like to call bat squash on, uh, on stories that we don't believe on this show. I'm not calling it on this one. I believe this one. Do you? Of course. He was smoking the good stuff, man. He's going to see all kinds of crazy things. <laughs> it seems it seems almost like maybe he got those little stars in his eyes when you move a little too fast or, you know, your, your head gets a little too lightheaded. Uh-huh. I don't know. Something about it just doesn't ring true for yeah, me. Man. Who knows? Maybe there was a little something extra in the cigar, like you said. Yeah, man. I think that's the case. Yeah! 
So anyway, we're going to commercial break, everybody. We'll be back on the other side with our guest of the evening, Mr. Steve Fermani, and we're going to talk to him about, uh, you know, MUFON, his history with them, uh, what he's doing now, and all kinds of cool stuff dealing with UFOlogy. So stick around. This is the Dark Matter Radio Network and, of course, PSN Radio. This is Skywatchers Radio, people. It's going to get better, I promise. Professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth-oriented discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 p.m. Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly, and capricornmembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic, truth is truth. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Remember, Future Theater can be heard every Monday night at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Bill, that's me and Nancy, I, Karumba, Burns, and we are broadcasting live right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Breaking the walls down. This is radio. This is what people want. To download the podcast, make sure you go to www futuretheater.com TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application Mobile Talk Radio 
Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Talk Stream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Remember, Future Theater could be heard every Monday night at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Bill, that's me, and Nancy. Hi, Karumba. Burns, and we are broadcasting live right here on PSN Radio. Breaking the walls down. This is radio. This is what people want. To download the podcast, make sure you go to www.futuretheater.com. Hi, this is Solaris Blue Raven with Hyperspace on Dark Matter Radio. Tune in on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for an intriguing show pertaining to covert technology, UFOs, paranormal, mysticism, and spirituality. This is Jeff Brady, host of In Other News, heard on Dark Matter Radio, Thursdays at 5 p.m. In this strange period where free energy technology is weaponized, dissent is criminalized, and war economies flourish, the human family is being deliberately assaulted on multiple fronts, in the food, air, water, and during sleep. Yet here we are with information at our fingertips, only to become a slave to the portable digital communication device. You know what you're really communicating. You're screaming to cell phone corporations, please put a chip in me. Past shows have looked at issues involving electromagnetic weapons, satellite stalking, RFID, orgone and organite, illegal fluoridated drinking water for infants, airport radiation scanners, secret societies, energy vampires, psychopathy and surveillance, sex trafficking, disaster capitalism. So tune in to In Other News Thursdays at 5 p.m. on the Dark Matter Radio Network, the pioneers of overnight talk radio. You're listening to the Dark Matter Radio Network. Everybody, we are back on Skywatchers Radio live on the Dark Matter Radio Network and, of course, the PSN Radio Network. And right now, we're joined by our guest, Mr. Steve Fermani. And Steve is a former member of MUFON. And uh, MUFON is becoming very intriguing on the show because, you know, we've talked about him a couple times earlier today, and I'm a big follower and fan of MUFON. And I'm really mm-hmm. excited to have you on because, uh, you know, your history in ufology is a re- very respectable one. And uh, this is a, a gentleman I've been wanting to have on the show here with us for a while now. So thank you so much for spending your time with us, Steve. Oh, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate you giving me the time to explain my situation to everybody. Now, let's go right into that, because I, I want to give you the open mic here to uh, explain away a little bit of your background to the uh, listening audience who might not be aware of who you are. You've been involved in ufology for about 35 years, I've read. Is that correct? I, 
35 to 40 years. Um, if you'd like me to explain, I, I, it, uh, I started when I was in my early 20s. I'm 62 right now. As a matter of fact, I just retired from my full-time job into ufology uh, this past weekend. Wow, wow. so you're, you're freshly retired. <laughs> yeah, yeah Enjoy. And, and I'm really happy. Enjoy the good with, life. <laughs> uh, I, I, I work with the greatest people in the world. Uh, Peter Robbins. Dan good Friedman, guy. Very Kathy good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, all of these people did. I mean, I over over the years, I've I've developed a relationship with. I mean, some of the best, biggest names, not the best, the biggest names, because there's a difference between the two. But um, I uh, uh, to tell you a little bit more about myself. I started with, uh, when I was in my 20s. Uh, but something before that. Uh, what was it that initially sparked your interest in ufology, though? Because it's such an odd field, especially for a 20 year old, to get in, you know, interested in. I know when, for me it was my own well, personal well, sightings. Well, I, well I, I, what happened was, when I was in grade school, I ran into a couple of, uh, you know, kids that I knew from my classes in grade school. I mean, this is back a long time ago. And they, uh, a couple of them had the guts to come up and tell people they saw a flying saucer. And, um, <laughs> you know what happens with that? Everybody ridicules you, there's all this crap. And I, I, I just didn't like it when people were treated like that. Just saying, uh, I mean, how do we know they didn't? You know, Very so true. um, so uh, I, I actually went to the library and picked up a couple books by J. Allen Hynek, who is the uh, considered the father of ufology, and uh, I think uh, Stan Friedman's like the grandfather of ufology. Stan. Is there that much of an age gap between the two? Not really. Okay. But I mean, I I mean, as far as the acceptance within science, that's where the gap is. Right. Okay, I get that. Yeah. So I I mean, uh, I spent many years with MUFON. I. I've gone from in different positions with Move On to uh, assistant state director uh, to state director. Now, how did you get involved uh, initially with Mufon? How, how did you join Mufon? Uh, for you know, look, Mufon is very interesting to me because, I, yeah, like I said, I followed uh, a lot of the stuff that Mufon's done done over the years, and uh, really, they're like the the, the most uh, known uh, agency. That covers ufology. So, you know, how did you get involved with them, and, and who approached you, or did you approach them? He was abducted I, I, into I actually, That's how it happened. I, <laughs> I actually approached them. Okay. Uh, and and that's that's how everybody does it because it's really difficult for an international organization to turn around and uh, ask people to join. 
the only way they can do it is through their promotions of the organization, like we do with our conferences. Everything, and that's the only way to do it. And <laughs> it, it uh, we we have a lot of support from Move One, even though I am not, I am no longer involved with Move One. What I, what I am doing at this point in time is I'm a, a liaison. I work with uh, Starborn Support. Right. Uh, but you've heard of Starborn Support. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with Audrey from Starborn Support, I work with them. I work with... Uh, I'm a co-organizer of her conferences that she has in September every year up in Portland, Maine. Uh, and... This is my second year for the New England Conference that we're running. So, I mean, we we support each other. And that, that we just want to bring the knowledge of what the heck is going on, you know? Alan knows a thing or two about uh, conferences. Uh, Alan? Uh, yep. You know, this is right up your alley here. Um, you know how you know how difficult is it to put uh, one of these conferences together, uh, Steve? Because I, I know that a lot of work goes into these things, doesn't it? I mean, you, you must be uh, you must be going crazy putting these things together. It's very difficult because um, what you what you're doing is you're putting your life on the line uh, financially. Basically, that, uh, yeah. people, the people, the people, and they would accept it. But the thing is, you can't deny that the people that we have at these conferences are the best in the world. That is, if you get them to attend. I, I have got. I, I mean, yeah, okay. Who are the best in the world? Dan Friedman, Absolutely. one of the best in the world. Kathy Martin, Kathleen Martin's one of the great. Best in the world on on abduction. Uh, yep. Peter Robin. Yep. Very well spoken, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, plus uh, this year at our New England conference is another gentleman joining us who is. Alumnus in Massachusetts will be having our conference. He's coming back home this weekend. His name is Steve LaPlume. And Steve is actually one of the witnesses to the world, worldwide known uh, Rendlesham Forest case. Oh, the Rendlesham Forest case, of course. So Steve is coming, he's coming home. Oh, very cool. His family and everything. His family is going to be there, and he's going to have his, his chance to talk to people locally about uh, what's S- happened. Steve, have you, have you had yourself uh, any uh, sightings or any uh, abduction encounters yourself? Uh, I'm going to tell you something. I was up at the um, uh, Portland, Maine, the Experiences Conference uh, a few weeks ago. 
And uh, okay. I, I, I didn't know. I, I, because I'm very close with Audrey who went to run the experiences conferences. And, um, you know, with everybody, everybody was so close up at that, up at that conference. And I think that even if the people that think scientific about things actually start looking at, well, what are the terms where science meets science fiction? Yeah. It's a very, very blurry line. It's an incredibly blurry line. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Because, um, so what I am going to be doing, I will be the keynote speaker on Friday night this, this weekend. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna talk to some people. I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna talk to some people about my, what my experiences were doing a CE5 session that happened up in Maine. Okay. I saw some things that I couldn't explain. Well, can you uh, give us a little, uh, Inside or what you're uh, going to hear yeah, at the yeah, so, so what I'm actually doing is uh, beyond that uh-huh. is um, I'm studying things like that. Things that I never... I, I used to be a nuts and bolts investigator be, before what happened to me. And what I'm looking at now is how can we approach this in a scientific manner Maybe in, in the sense of uh, uh, parallel universes or uh, quantum physics. Uh, and and there, there are studies going on right now that deal with uh, quantum physics and consciousness. So I'm, I'm, I think that's what my... Most of what my talk is going to be on Friday night, but it's also going to go with truth in ufology. And you see too much garbage on TV with the. Uh, well, 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 I think I can set you up a little map on this because as, as the way I put my map up is, uh, it's like politics. You have like. Uh, you have the left and you have the right. And there's so much garbage going on between the left and the right, nobody sees what's going on in the middle. Well why I can't agree. they all play why can't they all play well with each other? Yeah, uh, it, it, well, it, it, it. I mean you've been well, in this for so don't... you've been in this for so long. How bad are the politics between the left and the right? As bad as the Blitz and the Crips. I, I, no, I don't it can't think, be that bad. Oh, no, no. Oh, it's pretty bad. Well, it's not even... Instead of a drive-by, they're going to have a it, fly-by? It's not I even mean, that... Um, pretty much. No, but well, well, the way I look at it, there's really no... There's really... It, it's not... There is a difference, but it's not like the um, Republicans and the, uh, you know, or, or the uh, conservatives and the liberals. It's not like that. But it's more like is that um oh god people people just yeah you, you have the difference between 
different branches of science. And they, uh, a lot of them just don't want to accept the fact that some of these things happen. Hmm. Would you say that paranormal, yeah, would you say that paranormal actually is a, a wrong term for for the phenomenon? Well, as a matter of fact, on uh, on uh, Friday night, mm-hmm. Ben and Paul Eno, I don't know if you've ever heard of Ben and Paul. Uh, no, Alan, Eugene, you guys? No, I've never it? heard of them. Well, uh, well, Ben and Paul. I heard of Ben regular, and uh, they're, they're, Yeah, they're, they're out of uh, out of Rhode Island. My fridge. Oh, no. And they, they actually do a regular radio show, and they do a radio show that's been promoted up to uh, CBS Radio. They will ah, be very speaking. cool. Ben and, ben and Paul, as a matter of fact, when Paul got into the paranormal, uh-huh. he was in he was in seminary school. He was in what? Oh, I seminary. have heard of them. Seminary. Yes, I have heard of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they would be speaking there, and hmm. uh, they bigger. I mean, we're pretty much in the same camp about that. A lot of the stuff that's happening to people. Is uh, it's this thing that we don't understand right now. So it, it's not like just because somebody says something like that happened to them doesn't mean that you have to dismiss it. I mean, there's so many things in this world that we don't know about. And we, we have to pay more attention to that. Steve, it's uh, Eugene. When you're talking about consciousness in the UFO field, are you talking more of like the DMT angle, like Graham Hancock, or I mean, do you have a different approach when you're talking about consciousness? Uh-huh. Well, I, I think it's, I'm, what I'm looking into right now is uh, quantum physics and consciousness. I okay. want to gain some kind of scientific proof that these things are happening and there's how there's a way to be able to uh, measure it or or work with it. Do you have any examples of that or I mean I mean how would you go about Oh yeah we have we have well okay, okay. Um without revealing what's happened to me uh, when I was up in Maine, because I want to save that for, uh, you know, for my Friday night talk. Uh, I, I, I would have to go with it. It's more or less that um, some, somebody has an experience, and I mean, really, Alright. 99% of the people, what they tell them about, don't believe it. But, there is an underlying uh, thing that that, that people don't understand. That there's so much to this phenomenon that uh, it's just hard to explain. Like to make it a one statement, it's 
uh, you have people like Kathy Madden. I mean, Kathy is uh, Betty Hill's uh, niece who grew up with her situation. And, and Liza, but on top of that, last, I mean, uh, in, um, in the uh, Portland Maine conference, Kathy Martin came out and she told everybody, she goes, I think that I, you know, she came out and said that she admitted that she was a, an experiencer also. She was a what? An experience. She had she had an experience as well too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I missed that last part. Sorry. Uh, okay, so she was she was an she was an experiencer also. Okay. Uh, well, see that that kind of that was, that was kind of confused me because uh, uh, you know we're finding out more and more people that are that are either related to some of these old ufology cases or were involved somehow or also experiencers now like Steve uh, Pierce uh, who was at the Travis Walton uh, Walton abduction. Uh, he was one of the uh, loggers with Travis. Uh, he had his own abduction uh, experiences later on. Uh, it's funny that uh, you know Kathleen Martin might have had some experiences also. Well, I I I I, I know both Steve and Travis very well. Hmm. Good friends of mine. Um, but uh, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to uh, approach like a situation like with Travis and Steve without going through the whole event. Well, yeah. Uh, in fact, let me ask you, uh, you know, what are some of the uh, the cases in ufology that you feel strongly are uh, authentic and, and, and like, and what do you, you know, the ones that you think they're not authentic? Like Travis Walton's case, uh, for example, I think is 100% authentic. Do you, what are your feelings on, uh, on what happened to him? Oh, I, I, I know Travis. Very well, and he. Uh, I'm seeing he's one of the nicest guys in the world. This is somebody who's going to lie to you. So yeah. I, I, no, I, I have no doubt that what Travis said happened to him. I have no doubt that it happened. Okay, and Roswell, what do you, what are your feelings on Roswell? Do you think it was, that was an alien crash or a weather balloon? <laughs> I know one of our one of our biggest speakers. In the past two conferences, Stan Friedman was the uh, the man who uncovered the Roswell incident. And Stan is one of the most respected physicists of our time. So I mean, I mean, I I can't. What can I do more than say that to convince people? Okay, uh, Stan Romanek, what are your thoughts? Silence is golden on that. Yes, then Romanek. That's what I, I said. I mean, right Stan, Stan Romanek, I, I, I haven't really dealt a lot with Stan's case. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I don't want to make any judgment on any case that I really don't have a lot of experience investigating. Fair enough. Fair enough. Being close to the Bridgewater Triangle, I mean, can you go more into that? Did you deal a lot with those cases when you were part of MUFON? Well, what? 
actually no, because what I don't what I don't do, I I mean I with the uh, MUFON. I mean, uh, let me just give you a little background uh, of myself with MUFON. Uh, I started with MUFON when I was in, in my early twenties. And that's the reason why I started with that was because uh, the thing that happened with um, there were there were a couple of my classmates way back when I was younger, and they and they just saw that they said they saw a flying saucer, and my instincts kicked in, and I <laughs> when uh, the um, the rest of the kids in the class by giving them a hard time, I said, man, that's not right. Not right. It's not right to ridicule somebody for something that you don't even know can happen or not. And that's why I went to the library and picked up a, a book called uh, uh, Flying Saucer. It was a Flying Saucer book and the author was J. Allen Hynek. Okay. And then I found out about Senator UFO studies and Heineck's involvement with the early phases of, um, oh, what do you call it? Uh, the Project Blue Book. All right. Like, so I, I get into that and I ran into other people like, I mean, I started making friends with people like Daddy Greenwood, who's one of the co-authors of the book, uh, of a book about, uh, scientific study of, uh, and, and documentation and all of this stuff. And, um, I, you know, these were people that I knew that I grew up with in ufology. And then, we ended up running into two of the witnesses from the Badwaters case, which is Steve LePlume and Larry Warren. Do you know how we actually made contact with Steve LePlume and Larry Warren? I'm afraid to ask how you reached out to them. How? <laughs> well, we ended up bringing them to a Massachusetts move-on meeting. So we had like a good hour drive from London State, Massachusetts, into Boston. And we sat there and we talked with them. <laughs> it was unbelievable. We actually had a chance to meet them. As a matter of fact, Larry Warren was under a different guise. It wasn't his... <laughs> Larry Warren was his real name, but his free uh, uh, Atwater's fame, his name was Art Wallace. So if you see anything about Atwater's with the name Art Wallace, that's actually Larry Warren. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, they were, it was, when we brought them to the Massachusetts MUFON meeting, that was the first time after the event happened, 
that they came out and talked public about it. This was years ago. Yeah, you're talking about going back, what, a decade or two now? More? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was close to probably uh, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, at least. And, and that, and that's why it's so important that Steve LaPlume, which Steve was one of those two people when we brought to the Massachusetts Room Farm meeting, is coming out after all this time and he's going to talk about it. Plus, he's a Lemister, Massachusetts resident. Uh, uh, well, uh, not a resident, but he's, uh, he's a Lemister, Massachusetts native. His dad was a Lemister police, uh, Lemister police chief. For, uh, for Boston? I mean, I mean, the credit, huh? In Boston, or? Lemister, Massachusetts, right in the hometown where, where the concert is happening. That's the connection. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, we still got to leave. He's coming home to Lemonster and everything, and then uh, that they got a great family, great family history. We're in the Lemonster area. As a matter of fact, our mayor, Dean Mazzarella, who su supports this conference, he's supported it for the second year in a row, is uh, great friends with the um, Plume family because. Uh, Mayor Mazzarella, before he was mayor, was a Lemonster police officer, and he worked under uh, <laughs> under uh, Steve Plume's dad, who was police okay. chief. <laughs> there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of big connections within everything here. It must be interesting trying to play connect the dots with all of them. No kidding. Well, they're, they're really cooperative. I mean, I, last year we had our conference and our mayor was up for re-election and he still supported the conference and he still won. So, he, you know, people were supporting what we're doing when we have the conferences. It doesn't affect the, may, the mayoral elections or anything. Hmm. Now let me ask you, uh, you know, segueing a little bit away from uh, from what we're talking about here. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's talk about disclosure a little bit because you know Mufon is always uh, in the forefront of uh, trying to get disclosure done, as well as Steve Bassett and many other people in, involved in ufology. Uh, since you were in Mufon, you're you're no longer with Mufon, but I'm pretty sure disclosure is something that you're also interested in seeing happen. Uh, do you think uh, that we're going to get disclosure anytime soon, Steve? Well, I, you know. I've been doing this for over 40 years, and I'm still under the uh, impression that I'll believe it when I see it. Because, uh, I mean, back, way back, when the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out, uh -huh. it was, uh, oh, that's, uh, yeah, government's trying to tell us that it's trying to prepare us for this and that. And uh, a couple other, other things have happened since then, too, in that vein. Um... I just, I, I, you know, people often ask me that, and I, I just say, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. 
I'm not going to get into the big bandwagon of uh, somebody come out with a movie anymore. I'm, I'm just going to, no, I'm just going to do my work on what I can do if I can find somebody that comes out and says, hey, you know, this is what happened, and maybe this can have an effect on things, then maybe I'll look at it more. But uh, I, I just, I'm not going to hold my breath on that stuff. It just happens too often. Do you think we even need disclosure at this point uh, with, all, you know, the mass public pretty much believing that we're not alone? Well, I, I we still need proof. I'm sorry, we still need proof. I agree. I agree on that. You know, and disclosure it, would be. Just... Yeah, but no, disclosure is not proof. Disclosure is not really proof itself. Disclosure is just saying, okay, yeah, aliens are real, but uh, aliens are real. A... I'm sorry. If disclosure happens, it's like, yeah, we have to admit it. Aliens are real because we've had this proof sitting in the garage for, in garage 51 for, uh, for this long. Who do you yeah, think would actually July make this Yeah, July 51, January 18, whatever you want to call it. Um, I I just think that uh, there are things that we don't know about, but I'm, I'm not so sure that our government even knows what it's about. Uh, I mean, uh, there is a such thing that's called the Black Project, I, I think there are people more powerful than our government that know what's going on and don't care if they sold us out. Does this go back to the Illuminati and the Bilderberg Group and all these other organizations? That not are- really. Not really. I think, I think it's just uh, our government. Well, but when you say our government, uh, there's a lot of governments in the world, and, uh, you know, we, we always say our government, but a lot of people mean the shadow government or the, the government yeah, running yeah, the government. Yeah, but who, who, whose government does everyone follow? China. No, wait. That's well, not right. it's not China. I mean, China. <laughs> China Come on, man. Just I mean, China is t- a big money everybody, fo- everybody knows that everybody follows Canada, right? But it's not Canada, it's not China, it's the USA. Everybody, because the USA is always the leader in technology. For now. Yeah, but everything good is made in Japan. That's a crazy thing, or China. <laughs> like Samsung Galaxy. I mean, Japan, I mean, well, what? Japan, Japan, I mean, Japanese. Uh, electronics were the biggest thing in the world when it first started happening. Right. With Japan with that right now. They're, uh, like, they're like right there with the rest of the world. They're not right. any major uh, function on that. So I, I, I just don't know. It's, um, I don't, I really don't think it matters because, uh, well, you know what's happening. If 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 the U.S. and and this isn't like a conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. I just I just feel, and in my heart, I feel if the U.S. keeps going the way they are, pushing businesses out of the country because they 
big uh, because the, I mean they, they think it's just capitalism, and uh, which which capitalism is what makes this country run. Uh, if if they feel they're going to push people out and push businesses out, this country is going to get on the tube. Oh, you know what's uh, scary, uh, Steve? Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the toll system and the uh, big changes that are happening within the uh, United States uh, tolls, uh, where they're going all automated. You know, toll by plates. And uh, here in Florida, we have the um, the, the toll pass, or the Sun Pass. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is something that's being uh, pretty much implemented nationwide, where now it's instead of, you know, a guy uh, standing in the toll or a girl standing in the toll collecting the money, it's all automated and it's directly told by plate. You know, you get charged by your plate. Uh, completely yeah. eliminating hundreds of thousands of jobs worldwide. Eliminating yeah. them. And, and how many thousands and thousands of people are now unemployed because they lost their jobs as toll collectors? And, and and why, I mean, people really weren't complaining that it took so long and so long. <laughs> well, it is a lot faster now. There, was, there wasn't <laughs> a big, there wasn't a big outcry of people saying, why can't they make the tolls quicker, you know? <laughs> there never was that. You know what's funny, though, um... There never was that, and while they're doing this big changeover, mm-hmm. instead of the tolls, you know, going down in price, they've actually gone up. So now they have yeah. no employees, and it's more expensive, more profit. Yeah. Welcome to America. And you know the, yeah, you know, you know the money isn't going towards the workers; it's going towards the state. Although there is no workers, they're all fired. It's all automated now. Welcome to America. Well, that, that, no, that's not true because there are, I mean, not everybody has the, uh, you know, has the electronic toll thing. Well, not as, yet, as, but it's, you know, uh, it's but spreading. But I mean, like, that, it's drives, that drives even more crazy because the closer you get to a toll, you have to figure out where you're going. One of these times it's going to cause an accident because somebody well. going from one lane to the next where they have to go from the, from the free pass to the to the paying lane. Right. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, it's I, just uh, going to make us be a little more was, careful, that's all. I, I I just think if everything was set up for the, you know, for the free pass thing, well, it's not even a free pass. Yeah, you, you get you get your license plate. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I think you could do one thing for everybody or do the other thing for everybody. No. Okay, now, I'm okay. confused on that. Yeah, that, that wow. lost me also. Yeah, Please explain. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> if you have the uh, easy pass. Right, which is like the sun pass here in Florida. Yeah, but, but why don't you just have it for everybody? Well, that's what they're doing. Why, why can't it saying. be something like that? If, if people say, "Well, I can't afford it," this, or say, "Get the IRS and blah blah," I mean, have that deducted on a yearly basis from the tax return. Uh, I don't know how that, that would it's work. It's more but... of a credit issue than it is just everybody yeah. having it or 
you know, most most people don't have good enough credit to even you know have it deducted yeah, well, from their paycheck. Well, the whole thing is uh, the government's never said anything. But uh, how many people actually pay for what's charged up on their on the on their easy pass? A lot. Don't 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 they get a bill? Yeah, in fact, if you don't pay your Easy Pass, uh, Sun Pass, or Toll by Play, or any of those things, uh, you know what they do to you now? They, they don't go after your license, uh, guys. What they do is uh, when you go renew your tag, they don't let you renew it unless you pay it. Oh well, yeah, there's been a bill. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna okay. pay that bill. You're gonna pay that bill. Yeah. Uh, if not, you're not yeah. gonna renew your tag. So, uh, well, but we're getting way out. We're, 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 you know, we're, we're getting way off course in this country, though, Steve. Uh, where you know these jobs are being lost yeah, to machines. Yeah, it's not, it's not where we want to be right now. Gotcha. <laughs> no, but here, here's the scary part: we're losing jobs already to machines. Didn't we get warned about that in the Terminator and the Matrix? We're kind of um, heading in that direction. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I really don't think so. I really don't think that we have anything like that. I just think that the uh, government itself and I don't start I don't want to start getting into uh government conspiracies. I wanna talk about UFOs. That's what I want to talk about. Well isn't that the same thing, Steve? <laughs> oh, so, that's not at all. Yeah, it kinda is. Not at all. Covering it up. I mean they're yeah, I mean you're a believer that they well, covered up Roswell, that's a conspiracy. Um you know one of my biggest pet peeves is conspiracy groups. That's why I organized the group, uh, the international, I mean, the World uh, Association for Truth in Ufology. Because, I I mean, you got so many people. You got, you got all these people that come online and they uh, come up with all that uh, Government's doing this, and the government's doing that, and the same organizations that complain about anything, I mean, uh, taxes, uh, the government on how they're handling this, the government on how they handle that, to the same people that come up with the UFO conspiracies. Right. Speaking no, of which, how, it, it, how, how many it, it, how many of uh, the UFO cases uh, would you say is authentic? Uh, I mean, that you believe uh, in general. Like, how you, is there a percentage? Like, you know, thirty percent, twenty percent. Well, what I can tell you is historically, I'd say eighty-five to ninety percent of reported cases can't be explained. That's Wait, say number. that again. What percent? That's a high number. Um, well, actually, it isn't. You're only talking fifteen percent. Hold on, eighty percent or fifteen percent? Okay. Right, 80, eighty-five I'm to ninety. Eighty-five to ninety percent can be explained. So eighty so percent of the time, like it works 15, every time. Okay. Which gives you about fifteen, ten to fifteen percent can't be explained. Okay. But. It doesn't mean uh-huh. because a case is labeled as solved 
does not mean that that case is actually what happens. I mean, it's possible that, um, uh, when you explain the case, you're actually putting an explanation on something like a scientific explanation. I mean, I, I spent over 40 years doing investigations on UFOs, and I can tell you pretty much if, uh, Somebody uh, says, you know, describes something. To me, I, I can I can say if it's that astronomical, uh, an aircraft, or something like that. But uh, it's it's a pretty good explanation for what the person might have seen. Is it a hundred percent accurate? No. But uh, it makes more sense than what other people might suggest on it. What do you think is the best case that you've been a part of that nobody's heard of? Oh, I, I investigated the case in um, uh, Laconia, New Hampshire. I, I was given this case by the... Uh, an organization outside of MUFON at the time. There were two teenagers. They were in Laconia, New Hampshire, at a place called Fun Spot. And uh, they were out doing what they called parking. They were together, you know. One was, uh, I mean, I'm not going to get their ages and their... Uh, or, or anything, because like, I, I, I promised I wouldn't. Um, but, um, they were out there parking, and the place was closing down, and they were out in the parking lot, and they saw something that, that they were making out, if, you, if that's what you want to call it, and they were watching the moon, and every time all of a sudden, something came across the sky from the moon. So was there any video, any trace evidence? Did they get any photographs? Oh, well, that's what I'm getting into right now. What happened was... Let's men speak. Go ahead. The thing, the thing came back uh-huh. across the moon, but then all of a sudden it stopped. And it started coming towards them. They were trying to get the heck out of there. They were like trying to stop the car. The car started shaking. Uh-huh. And actually, the windshield, the windshield started cracking. They uh, okay. took off, they backed up, and the only way they could get out of the parking lot was to go back in the direction of the object. Before they could even get out of the parking lot, the car got lifted and dropped. Oh, wow. I have. I have. Evidence. I have evidence that something. Uh, am I saying that the car that these kids were abducted? I don't know. All I know is I have the frame of the vehicle. It was over. It was over three thousand dollars worth of damage to the undercarriage of the vehicle. And they oh, went wow. home. Um, no, there's That's also impressive. a police. Re- there's also a police report on this. I uh, but, uh, 
they just didn't, they got out of there as quick as they could and went back to the mother's house and the police were called. And uh, some people say, well, the kids lied about where they were. You know why they lied about where they were? Because they weren't supposed to be at Fun Spot. They were supposed to be at this other local place, like a little park area. That's why they lied and said that they were that they were fun at, at that they weren't at Fun Spot. They were at this other place. So I I get a lot of grief from people because wow, the kids lied. No, they lied because. Why do kids lie? Kids lie to avoid getting in trouble with their parents. That's why they lie. And, uh, True. <laughs> I know that's why and, I still lie. <laughs> yeah. So, look, I, I completely understood why they said what they did. And, uh, I mean, why would these kids can drive their car into a situation where it, and, and, and if they knew they had done enough damage to that bottom of that car, why would they just drive it home and say, wow, man, this just happened to a UFO and all this stuff? They, they would have no knowledge on how bad the damage to the car was. And then, on top of that, why would they have had their parents call the police? Right. I see your point. So, mm. so uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, like it was probably one of the most interesting cases I've ever investigated. I still have the, uh, I, I have photographs of the frame of the vehicle. And if, if you, um, if you uh, can imagine like a, a big parking lot, and they have those asphalt separations there. There's like mm-hmm. a big rim that separates. Right. Well, I have, which I got from the auto body shop after the car was repaired. I have, I have the, I have the uh, frame in front of the car, and I completely matched it up with the asphalt area where the car supposedly ran over it and it matches up perfectly. Wow. When you say it matches uh, up perfectly, describe what you mean. I have photographs. I have photographs of the, of the, um, I I have photographs of the matchup. Yeah. Oh, wow. Are the photographs online? online? Yeah. So I'm, um, uh, you know, but, but what can I, I, I can either say two things, the kids are lying, or something happened there. Are these the photographs online is, somewhere, or can, like if uh, the audience was to uh, check them out, can we see them? What was that? Are the photographs online at all? I can probably send them to you, and you can put them on your site. Yeah, please do that, I'd like to check them out. Okay. Well, uh, email me tomorrow or something, and I'll I'll, I'll do that for you. Sounds good. 
I'll update okay. the audience next week. Uh, Steve, yeah. you know, we're, running, we're running out of time here, and we only have a few minutes uh, for the hour before we end. Um, you know, I wanted to uh, give you a chance to also, like, you know, plug any websites or uh, any uh, upcoming conferences you might have. Well, like, yeah, what I'd like to do is uh, this weekend, the 17th okay. and the 18th, we uh, uh-huh. have the uh, New, England, New England UFO conference. Right, right, right. From Massachusetts, by the London City Hall. We have uh-huh. the cooperation of the mayor and and the city. And we have another thing going on called the Haunting of Barrett Park, which is an annual thing they do around Halloween time. Uh, after the conference is over, it goes on pretty late. You can go uh, take your kids out and get scared, you know. <laughs> so we got a lot going on this weekend. That's awesome. That's awesome. If you guys are up in the area, please look up uh, Steve. Uh, Steve, what's the website uh, that you can give the audience in case you want to check out the conferences? It's, uh, well, well it, if you want to check out the conferences, it's pretty simple. Just uh, Google N-E-U-F-O-C-O-N 2014. You Google you that, you'll get right to the website. Plus, uh, we have... Uh, Uh, I just drew a blank. <laughs> it happens to be all the time on the air. Don't worry. Don't feel bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, uh, yeah, if, if you go on there, but what, actually what we have is I can give you information on ticket sales. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, well, ticket sales, uh, online ticket sales have ended, but anyone that wants to order and get to still get the discount price uh-huh. you can call you can call us at 978-514-1991 you can email us at n-e-m-u-f-o-n-d-i-r at gmail.com and at the above because I just told your phone number you, you can also order by text message very cool, very cool. That's so we awesome. Have, we, yeah, even, even, even though the online ticket sales have ended, mm-hmm. we still have tickets on sale, and we can we can do that. At a certain point, you have to end the online ticket right. sale. Well, you also want to have enough for walk-up crowds and, and whatnot. Right, yeah. yeah. We, we could have a, I, can, I can give you some prices, too. Oh, please do, please do. Yeah, if, if you want to go just for a single night Friday night, uh, early order would be twenty dollars, uh, twenty five dollars at the door. Saturday would be forty dollars, sixty dollars at the door. Uh, if you want two day, one ticket package, uh, you know, for one person it's like fifty five dollars. Uh, and we have two day, four ticket family packages, which is one hundred fifty dollars. And 170 at the door, and we have actually uh, two days, three ticket packages, uh, 120 and 135 at the door. So you can, I mean, it's affordable if you have a family and you want to bring a bunch of people. I mean, the uh, the more you bring, the less it's going to cost you. And how much does it cost to have a picture and uh, autograph by uh, Stan Friedman? That's going to cost an arm and a leg. <laughs> oh well, actually, we're gonna have. I've I've posted 
uh, caricature picture uh-huh. uh, online. Well, we're going to have copies of those on, you know, poster paper uh, on sale for $5 each. And uh, you can go up to Stan, Kathy, all of the speakers, and you'll be able to have them autographed. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. And, and we're actually doing a, we're going to do a, a big, almost like a photo back, uh, almost like an artist makeover of, of that, uh, of that caricature. I'm uh-huh. going to wrap a ladder off, uh, it's going to have all the, uh, speakers, uh, signatures on it too. We did that last year, we're going to do it again. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Steve, we're all out of time. We've got to hit commercial here in about a minute. Thank you so much for being on the show uh, on Skywatchers, man. I really appreciate you spending your time with us, and hopefully we can uh, have you back on soon after the conference. Oh, we'd love to. We'd love to. You know, give me a call or, or contact me on Facebook like we did before, and uh, let's, uh, yeah, let's talk after the conference. Sounds good, my friend. Thank you so much Yeah, for thanks here. for talking with us. Absolutely. Yeah, have a great night, Steve. Okay. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Great show. Take care. Uh, guys, we're going to be back okay. here in about a, a minute on the other side with uh, you know the rest of the show to wrap up. And uh, this has been Skywatchers Radio with our guest, Steve Fermani. Thank you again, Steve. We'll be back in a couple minutes, everybody. <laughs> No longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Roswell, UFOs, Flying Saucers, Alien Abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Mental disorders are common in the United States and internationally. An estimate 26.2% of Americans ages 18 and older suffer from some sort of mental illness. Now this figure translates to 57.7 million people who suffer from some sort of mental breakdown. If you find yourself laying in bed on a Sunday night hearing voices while you're trying to sleep, well it might not be that demonic being from another dimension trying to kill you where you sleep. It might just be your mental illness starting to kick in. So if you're out of meds for the night, then I have just the thing. 
Come listen to my show, The Jackal's Head. You can check out our Listen Live page only on www.psn-radio.com. See you there. This ad has been paid for by The Jackal's Head and the War on Terror. War. It's fantastic. Hello, my name is Howard Hughes, and I'm in London, and I've been proud to bear this name all my life. Over here in the UK, I'm known as a broadcast journalist. I've been involved in some of the big stories of our time. The fall of the Berlin Wall. The death of Princess Diana. I told London about that. And on the first and second anniversaries of 9-11, I was there at Ground Zero, speaking to the people who were directly involved and those experiences I will never forget. So news is my thing. But my great love is my show, the one that I produce, The Unexplained. Over the years on this show, I've spoken to people like the late Al Bielik from the Philadelphia Experiment, Edgar Mitchell, the amazing Apollo astronaut, Dr. Stephen Greer, David Icke, and Uri Geller. People like Richard C. Hoagland have become personal friends over the years. I met him in London. So you can see that these sort of topics are what I like to discuss. Please join me on my show from London, The Unexplained, Monday nights on the Dark Matter Network. Remember, Future Theater can be heard every Monday night at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Bill, that's me, and Nancy, I, Karumba, Burns, and we are broadcasting live right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network. Breaking the walls down. This is radio. This is what people want. To download the podcast, make sure you go to www.futuretheater.com. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. This is Jeff Brady, host of In Other News, heard on Dark Matter Radio, Thursdays at 5 p.m. In this strange period where free energy technology is weaponized, dissent is criminalized, and war economies flourish, the human family is being deliberately assaulted on multiple fronts, in the food, air, water, and during sleep. Yet here we are with information at our fingertips, only to become a slave to the portable digital communication device. You know what you're really communicating. You're screaming to cell phone corporations, please put a chip in me. Past shows have looked at issues involving electromagnetic weapons, satellite stalking, RFID, orgone and organite, illegal fluoridated drinking water for infants, airport radiation scanners, secret societies, energy vampires, psychopathy and surveillance, sex trafficking, disaster capitalism. So tune in to In Other News Thursdays at 5 p.m. on the Dark Matter Radio Network, the pioneers of overnight talk radio. Looking like 
All right, everybody, we're back on Skywatchers Radio for the final segment of the show. This is uh, Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN Radio, and you're listening live to people yawning on the air. Real professional there. Don't look at me. It was not me. Who's that voice? Oh, yeah, that's right. We've had Alan back on, who joined uh, joined the show. Actually, at the very beginning of our interview with Steve, and, of course, last week, Alan, uh, you weren't here because you had a little incident and, uh, you know, inquiring minds want to know. Do people really happened? want to know? Uh, d- Dude, let me tell you something. Since last week's show, I've had all kinds of messages from the wormhole here on Dark Matter Radio Network. In fact, I've been getting uh, bombarded with messages from the wormhole uh, during our last segment with Steve. And I'm going to go over with uh, I'm going to go over that in a minute by the way, guys. Uh, but you know, tell us a little bit of what happened to you last week. Why weren't you able well, to be on the show? You know, who'd you piss off? You know, what'd you do? And are are we going to lose you for 2 to 4 years? Uh it, it, it could possibly 15 actually. Oh boy. Um oh, yeah, it, 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 yeah, uh I did something really, really stupid, but it was all accidental. Um, and I have to use the words allegedly just to cover myself so I don't admit to anything while being on the show right now. But I accidentally, allegedly, um, after coming off of a 10-day road show and literally sleeping for one whole day before flying out again, um, I accidentally might have just by sheer chance carried a firearm through TSA security at uh, the airport. Oh, good lord. Really? Well, that could be fun. Uh, yeah. It it, it was not a a fun experience. No no cavity search or anything. Uh, I gotta admit, the officers were very cool about it because I've got a spotless record. I've got nothing that they would even misconstrue as being a threat. To yeah, but so did Adam Lanza, and look how that turned out. Yeah, he was on SSRI drugs, and he he might have just even been a whole red flag, but that's a whole other story. Wow, that's true. But, you know, I, I accidentally, you know, because I didn't unpack my bags coming off of a driving to a show gig, to a flying to a show gig, um, yeah, I didn't empty because I was so burnt out after a 10-day road show. I accidentally did not empty my bag and take everything out. I totally forgot it was there until I have four officers surrounding me at the other side of the metal detector saying, (laughs) sir, you need to come with us. Um, I didn't even realize that it was there. Did your whole... Yeah, well, yeah. Did you have a license to? Uh, to oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, ha- I have a permit to carry and everything. Yeah, um, huh. yeah, it, yeah. It was, it was not a good Fine. thing. Yeah, you know, it, it, we'll see what happens. Um, I wasn't arrested for doing it, uh, you know, but they did confiscate my firearm. They said, you know, and they said, you know. It's up to, you know, the Attorney General to decide what Oof. to do with this situation. Ouch. Have you heard back from uh, the Attorney General in the uh, last they uh, said, week? Yeah. They said it'll take a couple of weeks to a couple of months uh, to make a decision. So it, did you make the flight or did yeah, they detain you for a while? No, oh, no, they detained me for about a half an hour to 45 minutes. 
but I did make my flight afterwards. Like I said, the officers were <laughs> really, really cool about it. You know, we were joking around a little bit. They did not slap cuffs on me or anything. They ran me through everything in the database, making sure that uh, you know, that I'm uh, I'm an okay kind of guy. And um, you know, I came up with no issues, and you know, they're like, we're gonna obviously hold on to this, and you can make your flight. See, you're lucky your name is not Leroy or Gonzalez, because uh, you'd be spending a, a couple of nights in prison. Uh, I'm not trying to profile and agree with you at the same time, but um, <laughs> I, I understand your statement. And I know, uh, I know a lot of people understand my uh-huh. statement out there. Yeah. A lot of them do. Uh, hopefully, nothing happens, though, man. You know, I, I know that's an understatement and goes without saying, but uh, you know. Well, we will, if if something does happen, we'll tough. obviously have we'll obviously have the uh, Save Allen's legal fund. Yes, we'll we'll start a Kickstarter for you. How's I that? mean, all all things considered, consider. Well, I mean, I wasn't expecting this. I mean, you got off very lightly. I mean, well, I've heard stories that would this is up there is probably one of the best case scenarios you could hope for. So far, yeah. yeah. So far, that's the whole thing. So far. We don't know what'll. Ha- I don't know what'll happen if if they'll pursue it or say, okay, you know, there's no, not a single red flag in the system. We'll, it's just going to cost too much money to prosecute and first time offense and sheer stupidity and, you know. I mean, you do have your license to carry. Uh, right. That, that goes a long way. If it was an illegal firearm, that's a big difference. Right. Um, it's not like you pulled it out. It was in your baggage, right? It was in my it was in my backpack with a clip in it. I knew you had a clip in it. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah. I, so I have to say the fact that they didn't arrest you is really bold. remarkable. Yeah. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I am really pleased. I'll tell you, these guys followed procedure to the letter of the law. They did not go in any extreme direction. Um, you know, they're doing. You know, TSA passed it off literally right there. By the way, when I say they did their job, they did everything they were supposed to. This is the law enforcement of the airport that I was leaving, not TSA. Okay? Ah. Now, when you were actually boarding the flight, though, and you and you sat down and you actually ended up taking off, uh, did you have, like, uh, air marshals uh, there looking at you? Was no, anybody, no, uh, no, 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 no. Was the store just keeping an eye on you just in case any shady activities no, was no, coming no. out from your area? No, no, there was no intent or there was no malicious intent. Or did purpose. they pat your shoes down just in case you had any shoe bombs or anything uh, going on no, there? No, 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 no. But I mean, I'm astonished not... you made the flight. Yeah, I'm so, I I'm I, I am incredibly as well too. Someone someone up there likes me for now. Uh is the best answer that I can give you. Well, I've known you a long time, bro, and I'll tell you this much. If anybody from the TSA is listening, uh, he's harmless. He really is. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yep. Uh you know, uh, I am as far off the radar as a threat as anyone could ever get. He really is. Well, you know, you know, I believe what I believe, and you know, I know what I know, and 
See, next time something like this happens, though, Alan, what you got to say is, guys, I'm on Skywatcher's radio on Dark Matter Radio Network and PSN. Oh no, radio. no, I'm, I'm sure the next Don't flight that know? I take, I'm going to be. Oh, I'm sure the next flight I'm going to be on, I'm going to be uh, red flagged. I'm, I, I'm sure <laughs> of that. Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, just by sheer chance. Yeah, I got a bet. I got a hunch on that one. Then I'm going to have to go through uh, extended uh, screening. And uh, you know what, since uh, last week you didn't make the show, um, we've been getting, like I said earlier, bombarded with uh, wormhole messages. People cared. People were, were really uh, interested in hearing what well, happened to you, man. So. That's the story, guys. If anybody wants to help me out, should this go sideways? Um, you know, obviously, you know, I, one thing I've learned, we've ha- we have some very, very intelligent people uh, that listen. Yes. And I would. They never call in, but they listen. Yeah, you're right. They, you're right. They never call in, but uh, yeah. you know, I, yeah, I would not people, be. I would not be. On Twitter right now are saying that they're surprised you you didn't get arrested. You're not. You made the flight. Which Twitter? Which Twitter feed is that one? I. I can't see it in front of me. Fade or not? Or, All right. Well. Yeah. Fade or not? Yeah. We need. We need to get our. We need to get our hashtag. Uh, what is it, squash nuts? We need to get that one going. Well, thank that's, you guys. That's, that's going to be your job there, uh, Eugene. Go ahead. Well, all I can say is thank you for the wondering wonders of everybody who's listening. Uh, obviously, it didn't go to an extreme because I was not planning on doing anything. I totally forgot. And as soon as I realized that, I was like, oh, good God, don't tell me I did it. And they're just like, uh, yeah, you did. Uh, uh, but, man, you know, oh, the officers took my statements. I gave them all my details, where I live and, you know, what you know what I do. And I explained to them how and why it happened. Um, I was not Mirandized. Uh, so, you know, there was no intent to arrest when I was talking with them. And I provided them with, with you know, I, you know, I... I did, you know, what I guess anybody who's 100% innocent you know does and you know that's the uh that's hopefully the end of it unless we be unless we actually talking about this on the show causes uh someone's you know pushes someone's red button you know their trigger button and uh they say well now we're gonna have to fuck with him oh well see that's sorry uh, caught my my language (laughs) I'm arrest sorry, this folks. man. Uh, arrest no, this man. No, I'm sorry. I use foul language. That's, yeah, on. that's what's going to get me in trouble the most. Yes. Sorry, my bad. This, that's the second time in almost a year that you've dropped the F-bomb, and I'm just shocked that it hasn't been me who's ever dropped the F-bomb on the show. You've been talking on the radio more than I have uh, for a lot longer, so that's probably... This is true. Why, that's probably why, you know, two, two in... Two, in a whole, almost a whole year, with no FCC regulations anyway, because this is the internet radio, not uh, over the airwaves uh, radio. Um, I think I'm doing okay. Amen. A messed up man, but anyway, uh, we do have a couple of uh, wormhole messages. Uh, oh yeah, let's. Through. We should make that a regular habit at the end of the night. Yeah, and, and I, like I said, I was getting bombarded uh, by messages during our last segment with our guest, uh, Mr. Steve Fermani. And uh, also, by the way, uh, you know, this is now going to be uh, a trio, like I said earlier in the show. It's going to be the three of us, uh, for the most part, 
uh, partaking on Skywatcher's Radio with Alejandro joining us for news every other week, which is going to be a lot of fun. But uh, this should be a segment of the show, I agree. We should have our three amigos wormhole <laughs> section on the show. By the way, can, can I make another suggestion? Stop, of stop coughing section that, here, Sorry. Another suggestion of what we should have as a section of the show? What's that? Really, really bad UFO or paranormal-related movies. Just either of reviews. I ju- someone just sent me a listing to. You ready for this? No. The movie is called Bermuda Tentacles. I actually saw that. Did you I, really? I, I, I think I read a story about that earlier. Yeah, uh, tentacles on sci-fi earlier home. this yeah. year, right? Uh, I have no idea, but was it's the plot oh, line is oh. Air Force One goes down during a storm over Bermuda Triangle. U.S. Navy dispatches uh, is dispatched to find an escape pod holding the president. A giant monster beneath the ocean awakens and attacks the fleet. Yeah, I, I forget. I think uh, I think Linda Hamilton's in that, isn't I she? I believe you're right. Yeah. Yes. Get... Oh, it's so awful. Is it really that bad? Oh, it, I mean, it's it's not Sharknado two. Oh come on! I got friends that were on in Sharknado two. Oh, I now know. I get them on the show. If I you... have friends who are fans of Sharknado two. Oh okay. no, that's what I'm going. It's not. Uh, it's not so bad. It's good. It's it's no. so bad. It's really really makes you want to throw something right through. Yeah, man. Oh, here here's another movie someone pointed out to me: the Twenty Fifth Reich. The Twenty Fifth Reich. Right. You ready for the synopsis? Oh, boy. Go ahead. In 1943, five U.S. soldiers are recruited by the OSS for a time travel mission to save the world from the tyranny of Hitler's 25th Reich. Introducing a crazy new genre of mashup from Australian director Stephen Armas, a World War II sci-fi adventure full of time travel duplicitous Nazi robots, faulty spaceships, and giant megafauna, based on the classic novella 50,000 Years Until Tomorrow by J.J. Solomon, and with a screenplay penned by Armas, David Richardson, and Serge Nerado, uh, the movie is a homage to sci-fi and World War II movies of the 40s and 50s. Very cool. Uh, That actually sounds actually interesting. Sounds pretty cool. I, 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 yeah, I'm just like, you know, it was made in 2012, so the CGI must be halfway decent, we hope. Probably not. No. Right now, huh? okay. uh, here's another uh, All right, give us another wormhole. wormhole. Another wormhole blast uh, just uh, came to me a, a few seconds ago from Janet. She wants to know, what kind of heat were you packing? Um, It was uh, 9 mil. And, All right, 9 millimeter. And, uh, you know, it was... It had, it, it was a small compact right next to uh, my iPad or whatever it was that was in it. Um, and I'm just such a fool for, I, I was so dead tired. I just didn't even th- remember it was even in there, truth be told. It's like, and they didn't even ask me, sir, did you pack your bags? <laughs> uh, that's like just saying, yeah, I did it. Yeah. yeah. That was me. Yeah, guilty. I should have unpacked my bags. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And see, uh, Paul wants to know, and uh, this is coming uh, from Atlanta. Paul is asking. Uh, he says, "Ask Eugene, uh, was he ever has or he says here? Ask Eugene, was he the Area Fifty One caller on Art Bell? You know, the Art Bell show. Eugene? 
No, no. Unfortunately, <laughs> I wasn't even into this subject back then, and I don't think my voice can get that high. I don't know, man. You sounded a little bit like him earlier on. <laughs> I could, I could try to reenact it next week if you want. Do you know any of the uh, other lines? I don't. That's why I said next week. I'll, I'll memorize it and try to try memorize to get my voice voice up high and try to uh, try to get that down for you. It, it's something like. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we actually had uh, the guy who uh, was the caller, the Area 51 caller. He was on uh, on my other show, on the roundtable show that I do on Thursday nights. Uh, we had him on uh, Brian J. Glass, Brian J. L. Glass. Uh, he's a comic book artist as well as uh, being the famous Area 51 caller. And we had him back on in April, I think. This, uh, yeah, April, Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, a great... Pretty- He's a big deal, isn't he, in the comic book world? Yeah, 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 which is funny because, you know, I've known him and known of him for a while and uh, always wanted to get him on the air and interview him and stuff, and, you know, we've chit-chatted back and forth, and he knows uh, the shows that I do and that I do the ufology stuff, and never once did he bring it up, uh, you know, when we were talking. I guess he, he assumed that I knew that that was him, and, uh, it, you know, it's funny enough, it never, uh, it never crossed my mind that he was that Brian. Yeah, he's part of that new uh, Sony PlayStation Network uh, show, Powers, that was mm-hmm. supposed to premiere on FX, but then it got, I don't know, obviously it didn't get canceled, but it got moved over to the PlayStation Network. So, it Does anybody like actually watch the PlayStation Network? I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yeah, I think they're trying to go like the Netflix route with trying to get original programming, but mm. uh, I think this is their first... Their, I think they're going to make it like their flagship show. I'm not sure if it's out yet, but I mean, it does look really good if you're into those type of shows. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, well, I'll stick with Netflix. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Netflix and Plex. I, I stick with what I know. Speaking of which, uh, guys, we're almost out of time. We only have uh, a couple more minutes. And uh, I wanted to uh, announce uh, that next week we're going to have a very cool guest on this show, a very special guest on this show. Uh, a guest uh, who, well, is legendary in ufology. And he was even awake. mentioned. He was even uh, mentioned actually earlier today. Yes, he was. None other than Mr. Travis Walton himself will be on here on Skywatchers Radio. That's right, Fire in the Sky, Travis Walton. That guy. He's going to be on here with us, and uh, we're going to talk about a conference which uh, he's uh, he's taking part in. Uh, which is really all about him. It's uh, about his cases. It's celebrating the abduction that happened in the 70s. And uh, and if you guys want to check out the conference info now before the show, uh, go to www.skyfiresummit.com and uh, check up all the stuff that's going on there. It starts on November 7th. And uh, it's going to be awesome having Travis on here to talk about that and what he's been up to the last few years. uh, Yeah, I haven't spoken to him probably in, what, five, six years, actually. Wow, really? So the last time uh, that I had him on, that was the last time you spoke to him then? Yeah, sounds about right, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Well, that's you crazy. know, we everybody has their own paths, and you know, when you bump into Indeed. each other, you bump into each other, but when you can't, you can't. Indeed, no kidding. Uh, Travis, of course, one of my favorites, and uh, really, the, the what are the biggest inspirations uh, for me to get into this so, uh, UFO mess, so... Really looking forward to having him on next week. So, guys, stick around uh, next week for that. Come back, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll have uh, Eugene over here reenact Art Bell's famous uh, Area 51 caller. Yes, I, yeah. I'll, I'll do that. I definitely will. Good man. Uh, guys, uh, we'll catch you uh, later, and stick around for more good programming right here on the Dark Matter Radio Network and on PSN Radio. Stay classy. Mm-hmm.